everybody. Good evening. Happy Monday. This is The Light Gate. We are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana at the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are on Roku, Facebook, and YouTube. We are also very happy tonight. We have a really wonderful guest who's been in this uh, game uh, as long or a little bit longer than Preston, and he has a lot to tell us. So I'm going to hand it over. Go, Preston. <laughs> thank you, Dolly, and thank you all for joining us on episode 42 of The Lightgate. I am your host, Preston Dennett, and my lovely co-host is Dolly Safran, fully conscious contactee. Super excited for our show tonight, and really want to thank you all for joining us. But before I do get into that, I just do want to give a brief, sad announcement. Our dear friend, UFO experiencer, researcher, and filmmaker, and former guest on our show, John Yost, has recently passed away. So I'm very sad. Send his prayers, everyone. He's on his great adventure into eternity. And I'm sure he's having a wonderful time there. But for all of us here on Earth, it's very difficult. We all just have a brief time here on this planet. And John is an amazing and wonderful man. So yeah, prayers to John Yost. We'll be seeing him soon someday, all of us. <sighs> all right, now that that's out of the way, so sad. I just heard it today, so I'm a little torn up about it. Okay. Back to happier news. Yeah, thank you all for joining us on the Light Gate. I am just so absolutely honored that you join us here each week. It's always so lovely to see all these friends here in chat. So I can't help but just say hi to all of you. Chemtrails, thanks so much for joining us and Neural Channels. Woohoo! Can't wait for him to talk about his remote viewing when he visited an ET ship. That definitely sounds interesting. Be sure here. I'm gonna put a little star on that just in case. Uh, I don't forget that. We can, ask, we can ask him about that. So hi Renee, hope you're doing well. Who else do we have here? Scuba Maru, Chris James. Good evening here. I'm not sure where you are. Morning, hmm? Now I'm curious. <laughs> Ruth Kleiber. Happy, happy birthday. birthday Ruth. So awesome. <laughs> very, very cool. Hope we're celebrating and having a wonderful, wonderful day. Hi, Heidi, all the way from Denmark. Amazing. I'm enjoying your books. I'm going to have to get back to you about that because I really do love the stories. And thank you so much for sending me your really interesting books and your experiences are absolutely fascinating. Who else do we got here? Fun Talks TV. Hello. E.T. Talking. Yes, Tom is the grandfather of the weird and the anomalous. He's got a lot of really interesting things to say. Ah, Michael Kennedy. Every time I see that popcorn emoji, I want to make popcorn. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Who else do we have here? Oh, namaste. Thank you so much for your absolute wonderful generosity and goodwill. It means the world to me. You have my eternal gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just so amazing. Always touches my heart. 
Allison Carr, hello. Thank you for joining us. And here's Dana Matthews. And she's wishing everyone a great night or day wherever you are. That's awesome. One hour wedding. Saying, oh boy, this looks good. You can't wait. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, One Hour Wedding. We are absolutely having fun. So, so awesome to see you here, as well as Star Orchid. These are exciting times. I really wonder what this year is going to bring, <laughs> not only with this field, but with the world in general. Life on Earth, what are you going to do? Okay, who else do we have here? Lino Vovo, all the way from Colorado Springs. Oh, Melvin, all right. My sister lives in Colorado. It's the most beautiful state of all the states, I think. And the only one I haven't been in is Maine. So I love Colorado. <laughs> it's gorgeous there. Alexandra, hola. Thank you so much for the podcast. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Real Badger, I can't waste much more time introducing all you guys. But it's just so nice to see you. Keith Rothwell. Awesome, you made the live show. Star Orchid. Thank you, thank you. Um, Janice Connett, who else have I not said hello to here? Je Chapa Reed, Pavlos, Nagar, Cheryl, Arizona. Tom, well, does he still live in the Sedona area? I'll put a little star next to that. He's pretty close, as I understand, but not in Sedona proper. Linda Catlett, Jacques Dion. Hi, it's Alicia, Kayleen White, John P. Adventures, and last one, Rat Food, just in time. Oh, well, one more, Catkins. Okay, now for real, <laughs> we have to get to the show. I am super, super excited for our guest tonight. Here, let me just pop up the banner so you can see who he is. Our guest tonight is Tom Dongo, and I have been watching and following his research for a very long time, really since I got involved in this field. And he's a very interesting fellow. He's a paranormal UFO and ET researcher, as well as a remote viewer and a medical intuitive. And we are so happy to have him here on the light gate tonight. He is a longtime resident of Sedona. I think probably knows more about Sedona than just about anyone else in this field. He is recognized as a world authority and one of the United States leading authorities on UFOs, paranormal occurrences, and remote viewing. And over the course of many years has been a key lecturer at numerous U.S. national and international conferences, including the International UFO Conference. He studied at the Berkeley International Psychic Institute in Santa Cruz, California. That sounds really interesting. And has spent the last 30 years in the greater Sedona, Arizona area, which is known as one of the premier UFO hotspots of the world. Yes, I've been there. It's so beautiful and enormously active when it comes to UFOs. So what else do we have here? Tom teaches classes on remote viewing. He has appeared pretty much on all the major podcasts, including Coast to Coast, of course. Tom is a writer of mainstream magazine articles and the author, at last count, of eight books on the paranormal and UFOs, including The Mysteries of Sedona, which is a multi-volume set, books one, two, and three. 
as well as mysterious Sedona, everything you wanted to know about Sedona. And I actually have one of his books here, The Alien, or The Mysteries of Sedona, The Alien Tide. That's book two. Uh, he's also the author of Merging Dimensions, The Incredible Saga of the Bradshaw Ranch. I really want to talk about that. That's you know one of these major hotspot areas, as well as Unseen Worlds. And I think that's it, uh, if I got them all. Uh, but we do have links to his website and his Facebook page in the show notes. So after the show, you can check that out for sure. But now let's just bring him on and get to the show. Tom, how are you doing? I feel humbled by that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had an amazing and profound influence on this field, I think. Um, for those who don't know of you, well, they haven't yeah, been doing their homework. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been at it over 50 years. That's Long incredible. Time. Jeez, that makes me feel young. It's awesome. <laughs> here I am. I like to say I'm 57. I think I'm older than that now. 58. I'm pushing 59. Gosh, can that be? Uh, well, I'm going to be 79 in a couple of days. So you guys can wish me happy birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. And then, that is and awesome. Eight, and then 80 after that. Wow, man, now we're, now we're talking. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I usually like to start the show by asking our guests how they got involved in this field, if they've had experiences as young kids. Did they believe in UFOs? Were they always a believer or a skeptic? You know, just basically, how did all of this roll out for you to bring you to where you are today? Well, you know, I, I, like I was talking earlier, you guys are the 89th radio show I've been on in six years. So I've talked about just about anything you can imagine. Uh, and, you know, I so I grew up in Maine and uh, I, I, I really had no knowledge about UFOs or anything else. But when, one morning, actually one night I was going out the door and I saw a, 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 a red light and it was and it was pulsing and it was, and it was fluttering like a leaf like that. And uh, it, was, it flew right between two clouds. And I, I, I saw that and I said, well, hmm, I wonder what that was. So then a week later, and I'm glad I didn't go down there because at the time, uh, people were, uh, UFOs were seen hovering over power, high tension power lines. They were draining the power out of them. So I looked, I, uh, uh, one night, same thing. I came out the door and I looked way down in the valley in front of the, my house was a UFO. Uh, it was red again, and it was uh, it was uh, flying along the power line. So I thought, well, that's really cool. I think I'll drive down there and see what that is. And uh, I didn't. So I'm, gl I'm glad I didn't now because I read that some people really got, had some problems that did that. You know, they they saw a, a UFO or a power line, and, and then uh, you know they got things happened to them. So, wow. And then what really got me interested in this, I was I was uh, I had a, I was in ski business for snow ski business for almost 25 years. And I had a ski shop with a couple of other guys in Reno, Nevada, and I was, uh, we took an hour for lunch every day, so I, I would go for a long walk. And uh, so one day, uh, I mean, some of the stuff I, I, I talk about sounds crazy, but I can prove almost everything I say one way or another. I've always said this because I, I'm not blowing smoke out of my ears. So anyway, I was uh, going down the, the, uh, the sidewalk and, uh, uh, 
a gigantic pair of hands grabbed me from my, my shoulders down to my hips. And wow. it, was, it was was holding me. I said, "Wow, this is pretty. This is pretty weird." But I, I you know, what the heck, you know. So the the hands uh, went with me for about a half a block, and then turned me. And I was going. I'm going through. I find myself walking through this parking lot in Reno, on Milano Lane, and uh, I'm being guided, you know, through the cars, and you know, and uh, so I, I came to a bookstore. I went in. I'm going through the aisles. And I get way to the back with all the used bookstores out, and the hands bent me over. And I'm looking right at this book, Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts. Love that book. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what I spent six months studying Seth Speaks. And uh, that's what got me into this whole thing. Uh, you know, uh, Jane, uh, Jane Roberts channels Seth, and, and Seth was a, 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 an enormous intelligence. No human could have faked what. Uh, yeah, Seth speaks. No, I love the Seth it. books. I got yeah. all of them. <laughs> yeah. So that was basically what got me into it. What got me interested in it. Then I, I moved to uh, uh, Santa Cruz, California, uh, uh, and I just to do something different. And uh, when I was in Santa Cruz, uh, uh, there was a lot of strange people like me there. So I, I really got involved in a lot of things that were going on. And uh, uh, so any, anyway, that's my start. Awesome. Oh, we're getting a happy awesome. birthday, Tom, from Heidi Elizabeth Hanson. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so let's, could we back up a second? When when you said you saw this UFO, was that back in Maine? When, yeah, yeah, Falmouth, Maine, yeah. And, and how, how old were you, or when was that? Uh, I would have been about 22 years old, so a long time ago. Oh, and it was just your kind of classic saucer type thing yeah, well no it wasn't it was uh it was uh there was no saucer shape to it it was just a red orb and oh, okay. uh, the, the thing that the thing that went over the went over me between the clouds it, it it fluttered really fast like that and it was red other than that it didn't have a shape hmm. and what and what were you were thinking ah oh, this is a ufo i mean no i didn't know anything about ufos at that time <laughs> I had no, no interest in no uh I never heard of the term UFO before, so so uh, I just wow. thought, well, that's pretty cool, whatever it was. And I just then I went into town. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So you had studied up in you know psychic stuff at a university? As no, no, it was um, uh, the the, uh, the Berkeley Psychic Institute, and I, I right. learned I learned that uh, probably the best thing I learned at the Berkeley Psychic Institute was that I, I had uh, really powerful psychic abilities. Uh, and I, I was able to compare my abilities with with their 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 psychics, and uh, the uh, the uh, some of them were phenomenal. But you know, one thing that I think aliens got involved in this because the the woman that ran the Berkeley Psychic Institute was wonderful. Everybody loved her, and she had to quit for some reason. And a guy took uh, her place, and he he was just a a mean sob. I mean, he was a mean man. <laughs> wow. so, yeah. So we everybody everybody quit. Everybody left the Berkeley Psychic Institute. So one night, as much as I know about psychics, I, I don't know how he did this. We we were in a there were about thirty of us in a meditation circle, and he was on one side of it. And one one thing you don't do at the Berkeley Psychic Institute is fall asleep during a meditation. Uh, so anyway, I did. I fell asleep in in. Uh, so it, it felt like a, a, a cherry bomb exploded in my stomach. I mean, it was it was like just like that. 
So I, I woke, you know, I opened my eyes and I'm, I'm looking around. What the heck? This guy's giving me a, a real evil stare on the, on the other side of the room. So he did it. Hmm. To this to this day, as much as I know about psychics, I don't know how he did that. He had he had to, he must have been a an extraterrestrial. Now, now because I studied wow. I studied I studied my main study has been human extraterrestrials for the, for the last fifty years. So uh, you know it, it's a it's a it's a it's endlessly fascinating. But so he I'm sure he was a a human extraterrestrial. And because uh, I I don't know I've known a lot of the world's best psychics and I don't know anybody that could have done. What he did to me, I, I don't know. Amazing, yeah. Well, I'm sure you have all kinds of interesting stories to. Well, here's a comment, Tom. Let's hear some stories. Yeah. But there's one that in, is in this book, uh, "The Alien Tide," which kind of struck me, which I was told to you by a man named Martin, and I don't know if you remember this, but he went to a party and. He was sitting there and everyone was talking. There was a guy smoking a cigarette. Who oh, was yeah. Ash was about to fall. <laughs> Remember yeah. this one? Yeah. Well, see, that around here, the, 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 this is what, this was, that happened in Prescott, Arizona. That was back in the days when UFO groups were just starting. And, uh, you know, if there was one going on, everybody that was interested in US, UFOs would drive 50 miles or whatever to get to one of these group meetings. And uh, so, uh, and I... I uh, I, I, uh, I knew the guy not, I, indirectly, the guy that was putting these on, but he said that uh, uh, he, he was, <laughs> uh, this young couple was, there were about 30 people in, in, the, in the group talking about UFOs. And uh, there's this beautiful, very, very attractive young couple, 20, 20s, you know, maybe 25, 30, something like that. And uh, so <laughs> there was a guy on the other side of the room that was smoking a cigarette and nobody else was. But the ash was about an inch long on his cigarette, so a, 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 a ashtray floated across the table, rose up and bumped his cigarette, and the ash fell in the cigarette. The ash fell in the, uh, the ashtray, and it, it went back over to the middle of the table. So that that really got my my friend's attention triggered because he says, "Oh, oh you know," he's thinking, "Oh, oh, we got we got something unusual here." So he kept his eye on those that young couple all night. So. When uh, when the group broke up, he 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 tried he tried to go follow the young couple after, but he got a few people blocked him blocked him on his way out enough to slow him down. So he got to the door where they where they had gone out. He opened the door and he had just put loam on his, his backyard so that it was just fresh, un unseeded loam, and their tracks went about six feet and then disappeared. <laughs> so they just vanished. <laughs> like, like Billy Meyer, you know, running, running through the mud and the, the tracks. Uh, my friend Wendell Stevens, Colonel Wendell Stevens, one of my was a good friend of mine. Oh wow! So yeah, so he I used to hear the the Billy Meyer stories, you know, stories in you know Schmidt-Rudy, Switzerland, and and, uh, and Wendell Stevens was right behind Billy Meyer, and he said uh, Meyer, his tracks. He, he, he it was about three tracks, and the, the the one track was still filling with water, but there were no other tracks. Meyer was gone, so you know that's kind of an example of that stuff. I, I, can, tell, I can tell these stories all night long if you you got time enough. <laughs> we do, yeah. yeah. You know, the Billy Meyer case is super controversial, but I yeah. got all the books on it, and it's absolutely legit because yeah. there's so so many witnesses, and I know it's got some problems here and there, and I'm aware of it, but. Man, yeah. oh man, you cannot dismiss his case. 
as easily as some people are doing <laughs> because there's so many I'm, and wendell stevens i talked to him because he yeah. was the guy who did the ufo photo archives and right. i called him up to get some of his photos in my book on ufos over california and the nicest man and yeah. really a pioneering researcher yeah. that's awesome you got to meet him we're friends oh yeah we, we were good friends in, fa in fact i i when he died, you know, I, I thought he, he, was, he was mad at somebody and I thought it was me. I, I, I felt bad about it. So Cece, his wife, said, oh, no, this is this is about a year ago. She said, oh, no, he, he admired your work very much and used to compliment you a lot. So I thought, oh, good. I, that meant a lot to me that she said that because I, I really felt bad. I thought he was mad at me, but it wasn't. It was somebody else, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. Okay, I want to bring up another picture which I showed you before the show of the tree, because this was another oh, interesting yeah. story. Here, for those who can't see the screen, we're looking at a tree which basically had eight trunks kind of growing up, but now it looks like something, you know, like lightning struck it, or perhaps no, I mean, a UFO, <laughs> a UFO hit it. It, it uh, the, uh, the the there was a caretaker of a a, 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 a development that was. Uh, basically bankruptcy but they had to have somebody take care of the houses so they had johnny and one night he saw a, there was a hill near near the uh, the subdivision and he saw a, a a a ufo set down on top of the hill so he went up there he climbed up there and this was a living tree at the time now it's 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 uh, the leaves are gone on it but he he saw he said he said he, he said he saw a flash and something incinerate if it, if it had been lightning it would have burned the, burned the limbs but it, but it didn't it, it's you can see it's burned at the base so i evidently the the power of the ufo got too close to it and and, uh, and burned the tree uh so that uh, that's uh, I, I went up there i took that picture and it, it was bizarre it's just lightning wouldn't do that yeah i don't think i don't think no, it's, it's, where, i have a question where was the um stump uh, it was uh, in, in just outside of Sedona. It was uh, uh, just a few miles from Sedona, and uh, it was on top of a hill. And uh, uh, it, well, it's called the, uh, it's near Long Canyon. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But but uh, I went up there, and it was very strange. That's why I took that picture. It, it did because I've seen a million light trees mm. get hit by lightning, and, and nothing like that. They, they yeah. get limbs blown off and. A pine tree will have spirals all the way down. Yeah. Uh, Where was know. the tree stump? Where it went into the ground, the tree stump? Oh, it was right here, right? Yeah, yeah, it was right there, right, right in the middle. Yeah. That's wow. what's left. That's what's left of it. There's not even the, the stumps even gone. And this is wow. not. This is not an old. This is recent. I, I'd say within uh, months after that happened. So it hasn't been sitting there for. 20 years. I mean, if it's sitting there 20, 20 years, so the, the wood could have rotted, you know, but it's it, it, not the case. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty darn interesting. And there's a lot of weird stuff in, in Sedona. It's not just UFOs, but yeah. Yeah. So tell us some of the stories that you've researched or experienced that, you know, capture your attention or that you're interested in sharing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, basically famous for my, my, my research on the Bradshaw ranch and, uh, oh, right. uh and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm real f familiar with, uh, the skinwalker guys, the, uh, the uh, skinwalker ranch. And, uh, so, uh, uh, the guy that owns the, sk the skinwalker ranch wanted to buy the, 
the uh, the Bradshaw Ranch, they said, "Well, you're too late. The government's got it. The government bought it, and so you know, you know, you know <laughs> it's gone forever. I mean, you, you're not going to uh, buy it away from the government. So, in, at any rate, I spent four and a half years, and 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 and, and th this book, by the way, is a it's a it's a bestseller for me. It's all about the Bradshaw Ranch, Merging Dimensions. It's it's a, it's my best-selling book. It sells. So everybody go out and buy buy a copy of Merging Dimensions. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I spent four and a half years in that incredible place. Linda Bride, Linda Bradshaw. I was in Sedona and I'd heard about the Bradshaw Ranch, the strange going on goings on there. So I thought, man, I would really like to. I was I had just written a book on uh, on uh, well the mystery, mysteries of Sedona and the alien tide. I interviewed hundreds of people to, to, to write write that book, The Alien Tide. So, anyway, one day I got a I got a uh, I got a uh, a letter from Linda Bradshaw. She said, "Would you come out to the the Bradshaw Ranch? We some strange things that she are going on here." And she included some photographs, and they they so yeah. I, I, so I I you know I was there. Then I went over. I went the next day, and. Uh, the Bradshaw Ranch is kind of by itself. It's it's about eight miles from Sedona to the south, and uh, it's it's on a, a, a six mile bad dirt road, and and so nice. I uh, I uh, I ended up spending four and a half years, three or four nights a week at the Bradshaw Ranch. So Linda Bradshaw and I, I I've been on you know te television countless times. Uh, talking about this stuff. So anyway, we we uh, we experienced some of the strangest stuff that ever happened on this planet. And I was there for four and a half years. And and so the photographs that Linda sent me were the, the uh, Linda Bradshaw and Linda Crystal in New York, Pine Bush, New York, were the first ones to get orb photographs. Orbs were unknown before before that. Uh, so so anyway, Linda Linda Linda. Bradshaw and Linda Crystal started the whole orb thing, and, and then it spread all around the world. People were getting orb photographs all around the world after that. So, so, uh, so anyway, we, we uh, what Linda and I did, uh, we 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 had we had virtually no money. Now the you know the Skinwalker Ranch is multi millions of dollars worth of sophisticated scientific stuff. And we had a camera crew out there every week from somewhere, Universal Studios, uh, you know. And we, we would we tell the crew, go back to your bosses. and Because they, they photographed the same stuff we did, awesome stuff. And they saw what we saw. So I said, go back and ask your supervisor, please, we need we get if, if we could get some scientific equipment before this stops. Because these things always stop at some, some point. <clears throat> so they did. Every single crew went back excited to the, their supervisors and look what we got, you know, they, but they need scientific equipment. And they got shot down every single time. So we ended up, we, we had almost no money. We had 35, little 35 millimeter uh, film cameras and uh, a couple of spotlights. And, and uh, that's all we had. And wow. later towards the end, we, we got a Panasonic made up, made a, 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 a video camera that would film at night uh and, and then uh, now that now they have i have two sony's that you can anything you can see at night with the human eye your eye you can it, it will film it so so uh uh so anyway we we that's all we had 
that's what we did our research with, 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 uh, with uh, you know, $10, uh, 35 millimeter point and shoot film cameras. That's, that's all we had. And uh, I, I each, you know, we would witness stuff ourselves. And, and uh, I don't know how many times Linda and I, Linda would say to me, or I say to her, if you hadn't say, if you just, you hadn't seen that too, I would have thought I was insane. Things would appear in front of us. Wow! Like, like so, what? What kind of things did you see? Strange things. I mean, there, there was, there is a portal there. I don't know if it's still, it, whether it's still active or not. But, but we had, we had. Well, just as an example, I mean, and this is countless things that happened to us. But one night, I, I, uh, I went into my van. I had a big van. I went in to reload my film camera. And something came in the van with me, and it smelled like burning, burning tar and sulfur, and it was strong. Mm. So, so I felt something behind me. So I loaded the camera and then turned turned the flash on, uh, and and uh, and I put my thumb over the red light that showed that the camera was powered up. So I I spun around real fast and pressed this pressed the shutter at the same time I did, and and uh, so the, the the flash went off. I feel bad about this to this day. I think I hurt something very badly. This thing exploded right right in front of me, and it looked like a daisy, just exactly like a, a daisy flower. Hmm. The petals, the, the yellow middle, and then it just, it just wilted like it died right in front. Of, I, you know, it happened that fast. So, wow. I mean, that that's that's just an example of the, you know unbelievable stuff that went on out there. What about like UFOs and? That sort of thing. Well, no, we, we you know, the, the uh, not, not much UFO activity. There was, but not, it was more strange, ultra strange paranormal stuff like what I just talked about. Huh. It was stuff like hard that. to categorize kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, how, how do you categorize Linda and I, one night just by sheer coincidence, flashed it's exactly the split second, same time. So we had two, two flash cameras. And in front of us was a feather, a white feather, about six feet off the ground and about 14 feet long. It was big, a white feather. And I said, Linda, did you see that? So we developed, we developed the film the next day. And it wasn't, we, I, we saw it with our eyes, but the cameras didn't get it. But usually the camera, the flash will light something up the human eye can't see. They proved that scientifically. Right. I, used to have, I used to have a videotape that, <clears throat> that talked about that. <clears throat> So uh, that's that's my Bradshaw Ranch experiences. What about like ghostly encounters? Did you have ghostly encounters there or cryptozoology, Bigfoot? Well, uh, 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 yeah. Well, you know, uh, we we the big there are Bigfoot still on the Bradshaw Ranch. I, I've uh, we found the tracks a lot, big tracks. And, and, and dogmen, actually, I know a lot about dogmen, and they are for real. And dogmen and big feet don't get along well at all. Huh. Uh, they, uh, and uh, I, I'm glad, I've camped all over North America, and I'm glad I didn't know about dogmen 50 years ago. <laughs> because uh, big feet, I didn't care, because I mean, there's, there's really no, no evidence of a Bigfoot ever human, harming a human unless they've been shot and they, they have been big feet that have had to defend themselves because somebody was shooting them, you know, but, but, but a uh, dog man, dog men are, are uh, just plain, they're just plain vicious. I mean, uh, they're, they've got a, they, and they, they can outrun anything in the woods. De deer, a, a man in Arkansas saw a dog man chasing a herd of deer 
and he 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 would the the, he, the 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 deer ran across the field, and a dog man just a, a couple of minutes later ran across. They they can either stand up on two legs or four or run on or four. He said that dog man was going so fast it would 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 caught up with a deer in minutes. So there, uh, I I'm just glad I didn't know about dog man when I was camping 50 years ago all over North America. Sometimes I had people with me, a girlfriend or whatever, but most of it was by myself. So you've seen one? No. Ugh. No, I haven't. Okay. Luckily, I've seen the tracks. A friend of mine got some tracks of a dogman in Lincoln Canyon here in Sedona, and they are dogmen. Dogman tracks. Yeah, there, there wasn't much talk about dogmen until fairly recently. I think Linda <coughs> Godfrey, that's right, Linda Godfrey, her book, The Beast of Bray Road, yeah, really took off and people started talking because I remember I got my first dog man story from a lady who was in the back seat of a car driving through, I believe it was New Mexico, and she's just looking out the side of the road yeah. and saw one standing at the tree line. She's yeah. looking at it and trying to figure out what it was. Finally, she got a good look at it, it was a couple hundred feet away, and then off they kept driving, so she didn't get to alert her. Um, co-passengers in the car <laughs> but she told me this and i put it on the back burner because i had not heard of dogmen and i thought well you know i don't know uh, and then i got another story from a lady up in northern california who said one looked in her window no. i kind of just assumed it was a bigfoot and she was right you know overlaying her own belief system on it but she said no 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 <laughs> this, this looked like a dogman like a and uh, then I heard about Linda Godfrey and connected with her because we both had books published by the same publisher. And uh, man, oh man, they're for, they are for real. I don't think people even have any idea, the general public, uh, how many cases there are. No, there, there is there a consensus of what they look like, you know, like the top. Yeah, they're, 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 they're brown. They have brown fur and they're, they're long legs. And uh, I, I, I've got a, a very good artist depiction here somewhere. I don't. I'd have to dig it up, but they have they have a powerful chest and powerful arms and a face just like just like a dog, the long snout, teeth, and the whole deal. And uh, so they're they're actually I I interviewed this. This has happened four times here when I uh, I, I live in Cottonwood now. I've, I've been here four years, but I lived about thirty five years in Sedona. So in West Sedona, this just happened not too long ago. So. Uh, a dog man terrorized a neighborhood in Sedona. I didn't interview the women, but a, a friend of mine did. So not long after that, I have I have two women friends, and I they you know I interviewed them. They're good friends of mine. One had a dog man looking in her window, uh, and, and dog man's eyes either glow red or or uh, orange. If, if you see a big feet's eyes do not glow. If you if you shine them if you hit them with a spotlight they, they do glow but they don't glow they don't glow you know but a, do a dog man <laughs> does and I, i'll tell you i mean i've heard st stories about dog man that really scare the tar out of me the the uh this one uh in uh, i think it was in Ar arkansas uh you know do dog men are are basically on the, the mississippi river valley that's what most of them are and the, the worst ones are in central texas uh, some of the stories I've read about, and these are real, these are normal people telling these stories. They aren't, these aren't wackos or somebody out to be rich and famous or whatever. They're just normal people telling these stories. 
But the really bad ones, the really big ones are in Texas, uh, central Texas. So anyway, uh, they, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say, but they're, they're, they're for real. I've, 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 I spent a year studying dogmen. Uh, and there's uh, uh, Vic Cundiff, C-U-N-D-I-F-F. He, he has a show. Uh, that, that every week he has a different uh, eyewitness Bigfoot story. And I, I listened to his show for a full year. And some of those stories just scared the, the bananas out of me. So so do you consider them a cryptid, an animal that is? Yeah. Okay. yeah, they're a cryptid, yeah. Yeah, as far as I know, there's no real connection with ufos i know that there no. are some with bigfoot but i've never no. heard of dogman no. ufo no. encounter yeah yeah i've never seen one i've seen entities that look like uh horus okay they are ancient ancient beings and they are uh physical human looking but they have the the you know the jackal head yeah. you know, very pronounced you know face mm -hmm. and teeth and their hands are clawed yeah, that's 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 a dog man, pretty much. Yeah, but they don't have hair. They oh. have very very dark skin. They have bluish black skin, oh. mm. and uh, their eyes don't glow. Yeah. yeah, they have golden eyes, as a matter of fact, and they wear clothes. So I've oh, never yeah, seen no, a dog yeah. man ever. No. I kind of miss the fact that I have never seen one. I would love to see one. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what they look like. You know, my other friend, uh, uh, Summer. She had one walk in front of her at two o'clock in the afternoon where she lived. And she, 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 she knows me, so she knows about dogmen. And she said it was a dogman. It was only about 200 feet from her house, so it kind of freaked her out a little bit. But uh, she said, oh, no, it was a dogman. It wasn't anything else. And that's, so there's been four sightings in, in this area uh, in the last uh, six months. Wow. Well, it's interesting that you said that their primary location was, you know, Texas and yeah. the Mississippi area. Because I just heard a case in the Crowley, Louisiana area, mm -hmm. which is right exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. So, I wonder what's going on there. So here I have a question from yeah. Kim Kang. She's asking, what does Tom feel are the origins of dogmen? Uh, you know, they've probably been here as long as a long long time but you know that everything the big big feet all the animals are getting crowded so bad that these are something the overpopulation is getting everywhere in this country in the united states that, that this livable area that pe people are building they're crowding everything especially big feet that's why big feet are seen more often and uh, uh the dog men have probably always been here but they're just surfacing now uh so you know and, and they can be violent they, they, they have killed people, about six, uh, unprovoked, wow. unprovoked. And uh, they're uh, so at, at, any, uh, at any rate, they, they, uh, Bigfeet and dogmen do not get along. A Bigfoot will kill a dogman if they, if they, if they can. Yeah, and I know. That's where the, the myth about werewolves came from. Uh, no, yeah, yes, yes, werewolves. I, in England, you know, they call them werewolves, but they're dogmen. I, I did. I, I've done a done a couple of shows out of England, and, and uh, we talked about that a lot. Yeah, they're they're werewolves. That's what they are. You know, we call them dogmen, but they're they're werewolves. From you know the English, all the stuff that's happened in English with werewolves, the dogmen. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard a friendly dogman story. I've heard friendly no. Bigfoot stories, many yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now that you mention it, I don't think I've heard a friendly dogman story. No. 
You know, I've been I've been I've been uh, researching Bigfoot since I was 16 years old, and I've heard some incredible stories about Bigfoot. And you know, the thing that baffles me is how can they stay invisible? And I know some of the best Bigfoot researchers uh, and uh, uh, the the top research UFO researchers. And you know what baffles me and, and them is how do they stay hidden from us so well? They're sentient. That's why. They're sentient. They're thinking beings. They're not stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I think they're psychic and paranormal, too. They watch us. They know our habits. They know what we're doing, and they act accordingly. And they're very dead serious on staying away from us. That's absolute. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I I interviewed a woman from Oklahoma, uh, and she was uh, just an absolutely normal housewife kind of a person. You know, her husband was, you know, had a normal job, had normal kids, and she was just, just a normal person. She said they had a farm in Oklahoma, and there was a Bigfoot. And I, can, I, know, I know about a half a dozen stories like this. They had a Bigfoot family living on their farm, and the, the, and the wow. Bigfoot would come and, and visit them. And they could speak English, uh, you know. And, and so, so uh, you know, you think, oh, that's, that's wacko. That's crazy. It's, you know, it's this baloney, you know, but, but it isn't. Uh, there's a number of stories that I, I've studied that, 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 that some big, that, that not, not all Bigfoot, there are some of them. I'll, I'll tell you another, I'll tell you a really crazy story in a minute. Right. But, uh, this, oh, this is a mind blower, I, I swear. But I mean, not all of them stink and are violent. I mean, some of them smell so bad, it, it's horrific. But but she she would give them books and, and they would read the books and give them back to her and critique the books. She wasn't lying. She wasn't making it up. She was just telling the story. She didn't. She huh. wasn't trying to get famous or rich or anything else. So anyway, wow. I've never heard that before. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So well, listen to listen to this. Now, I was on a show one night. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. I. I, uh, <clears throat> I forgot his name. Now I've been on so many shows. I you know, I just. And I'm old. I right? know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I got I got a bad memory, and I you know. So anyway, I forgot the show, but it was one one of the biggest shows. It's not he's it's not on the air anymore. I think he went off about a year year and a half ago. But anyway, I'm, oh no, 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 yeah. But but anyway, uh, he was saying uh, we got talking about Bigfoot. And he, he turns to his producer and he says, "Can I, can we talk about this story? We, we've never talked about this story on the air before." And and he said uh, he said, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's 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 about time we did." So him, him and his producer were were uh, both together. They were they were uh, they were uh, uh, photographers in British Columbia, uh, and I spent a lot of time in British Columbia. It's a wonderful place, wonderful people, and uh, so they <laughs> so they they were they were uh, they were on this lake in northern British Columbia, and they, they they saw this big bear on the other side of the lake. It wasn't a very big lake, so so. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the bear, the bear stood up on two two feet. You know, it was about ten. It was about ten feet tall. And they, they, you know, they said, "Oh no, Bigfoot!" So as soon as the Bigfoot stood up, it started running around the other the, the side of the lake. And, and uh, so they they knew they were in trouble. So they just grabbed their camera equipment and started running for their car. Uh, and they got there the same time the Bigfoot did. <clears throat> so oh. now get now get a load of this. So, <laughs> They said the Bigfoot smelled so bad they almost couldn't breathe, and then it, he, he was and the guy was driving his his uh, wife's brand new car, brand new. The Bigfoot picked up a boulder and and smashed the 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 uh, 
driver's side fender on, on a brand new car. And I, I said, so you're going you're to go home and tell your, your wife that a Bigfoot did that. Smash the fender on your car. Said, Good luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. they're very territorial at times. These Bigfoot yeah. don't mess around. They will no. chase you right out of their area. Yeah. Yeah, they can. But, you know, I saw something just about two hours ago. Some in somebody in uh, he was Wisconsin. Any, anyway, I I just this this baffles me. I, I don't understand it. They they photographed a bunch of you know every Bigfoot will make these tent like structures you know, but it's just logs you know a bunch of logs and there was six of six of them together. So, but what you know? But they they have never, as far as I know, they have never found one of these with covered leaves or whatever. So they can, I mean, they they can't if rain would go right through those things you know they're, they're all open and the, you know so so it, it just no, nobody as far as i know has ever found one one of these things that a big bigfoot have made with you know st leaves stuck in it so they don't so that they can stay dry in the rain but those the, you know that that's it's bigfoot that make those things you know they're all over the place you know people have found them and uh you know and, and uh so I, I have a feeling that they're like the native americans um, yeah. up there is they bring their own skins and they take them with them. So you don't see evidence of covering. Yeah. They have covering. My, oh, my grandmother used to camp out up there all the time. And uh, she used teepees. She's from uh, the northern part of Sweden. She's a, a Nalander, you know, Sami. And mm. uh, she always had tents. And when I was growing up, she brought three reindeer tents back from Sweden to for us to use for camping. And we used the big poles and everything, and we covered them and everything. And she used to tell stories about uh, animals like Bigfoots and that they did the same thing. That they, I, She says, the old lore of the Sami people as they were taught by these yeah. creatures. Yeah. Well, big Bigfoots all over the world. Yeti, you know, the different names and the Australians, the Yowie and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're all over the world. A little bit different. You know, the Yeti are different from the, the Bigfoot here. Uh, and, and you know they they uh, they uh, so they're they're you know even in Maine they've even been seen in Maine when I grew up. Yeah, uh, all over the place for sure. Yeah, yeah but, well, they, well, but, they, but they say hidden so well. Well, here's here's a comment, not so much a question from Synthetic Nature. He's talking about how they can speak any language because they are telepathic. Yes. The the first case I got did involve a telepathic Bigfoot. So what do you think about the, all the paranormal aspects people talk about? Because one guy told me he, he watched a Bigfoot actually appear and then disappear. A whole family of them, actually. Well, you know, I, I did a big speaking gig in Utah a, a couple of years ago. And the, the, uh, the world expert on, on uh, uh, Bigfoot was there. And he and I had a heated discussion. He, uh, uh, I forgot his name, probably just as well. But he uh, he had he uh, he, he was uh, he was uh, to prove Bigfoot's existence and, and where they were and how many there were because he, he had a tra tracks that he sold and some of them were um, enormous tracks they were the casts you know so I told him you know I and he, he he got he got he said some nasty words to me and then walked away just walked away <laughs> uh, uh, you know so so I said you know I, I have and I've I've talked to guides wilderness guides that have seen. Bigfoot tracks appear, go a hundred feet, and stop. There's none before, none after. So that means that they have they materialize and they dematerialize. 
and he just he just blew his top at that and walked away he said some really some uh, really cool four-letter words so <laughs> I, I don't he, that guy's not on my best liked list mm. he's right. a world expert supposedly yeah, there was a lady who wrote a book. Gosh, I forget what I think her name was Lunetta Woods or something. She mm -hmm. was following, she had a big book around her property up in Wisconsin. And there was tracks and she followed the tracks and they changed into deer tracks, she said. Really? And I thought, huh. Yeah. <laughs> because I I did interview a lady who said that she saw Bigfoot and then it came as a dog. That was her impression. I don't know. Um so, well, you know, all I'm, kinds of weird Bigfoot stories. Which yeah, are. well, you know, I, I'm an expert on skinwalkers because I, I, you know, I, I've, I work with the Navajos, the Apaches, the Zunis, uh, you know, and uh, uh, the Hopi and other customs. And I've, I've, I've been working with them for years. So I know their stories. And my, my best friend, my, my best friend ever was a Zuni elder. He died about a year ago. I miss him every day. He was oh. a, Zuni, a Zuni elder. And uh, so, uh, you know, tears come to my eyes when I think of the guy. So, so uh, he, uh, he, uh, he, he knew all the stories about the, you know, the, the Indian stories and, and uh, the skinwalkers, I, I asked him about dogmen and he said, he said, they don't know. We just don't know what dogmen are. Indians. And he, he knew, he worked for the government, the U.S. government. And he, he, he had, he was, and he was, in his charge, there were 260 tribes that he was responsible for, for the government. Wow. Um, most of the Indians didn't like him because he was a government agent. You know, he, he never, never got, he never lived that down. But uh, they, uh, I, I've, uh, I've, uh, uh, I'm a, uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a skinwalker expert. And, and I, I uh, they, 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 they can shapeshift. They can, in fact, there was a story about the Navajos a uh, a coyote was shot in the hip. Uh, and Indians don't lie; they don't make up stories, not like we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, there's a coyote shot in the hip, and, and the next day they found a, a an old man dead in, in his cabin, and he he'd been shot in the hip. So wow. yeah, and and I I have I checked this story out. There was a uh, in, in Window Rock, Arizona, a bigfoot. Uh, 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 Skinwalker was hit by a car. They didn't know what it was, so they, they hauled it to the the uh, the hospital, the local hospital, and they 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 put him in a bed. And the doctors and nurses says, "We're not going to touch that thing. We don't know what it is. It's not human." <clears throat> so it came around a little bit and ran out of the hospital. It was gone, but it was it was a skinwalker, and they're they're, ugly, they're very ugly things. I I talk, I you know I get I get stuff from all over the world. I, I'm at the center of a you know network and so i uh a woman sent me a, 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 a email of uh near vernal utah which is very close to where the uh, skinwalker ranch is and she said they were going about 70 miles an hour and they looked up on the, uh, the side window and it was an animal running along with them at 70 miles an hour and they said it looked like a mangled deer well that was a, that was a skinwalker hmm. and, it, and it and it veered off and and uh ran off into the desert. I always kind of viewed them as some sort of demonic spirit that can physically manifest in some way and do all kinds of nasty things. I don't know. It's hard to say for sure. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know the Navajo Rangers. Those guys, <laughs> those guys aren't too crazy about me. 
you know, I, I stick to what I know, you know, whatever somebody else's know, knows, so fine, you know, cool, you know, if you, with me, if you, if you prove me wrong, that's the end of it. I'm not going to bicker and squabble about it for six months, <laughs> but, but, uh, but like, they're like some of my friends, you know, but anyway, I, I know that I met the Navajo Rangers, they're ex-Navajo police, and they, they deal with skinwalker stuff a lot. So we, we had a pretty interesting disagreement about skinwalkers, so that we don't, they, they aren't, we aren't the best of friends. I don't remember what, I don't remember what it was. It's too bad people can't just, you know, debate in a friendly way. Yeah, yeah right, you're right. <laughs> so here, I'm going to pull this up again, Merging Dimensions. Uh, because Allison Carr is asking, and we already covered the Bradshaw Ranch, but she's asking, what was your wildest experience you had at Bradshaw? Oh, yeah. I, I was just on, uh, th this This had 200, uh, 280,000 views. I was on on uh, 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 TV, uh, the, the History Channel, and, and they, they interviewed me about this, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's almost up to 300,000 views now, I think. But anyway, I, I uh, Linda Bradshaw and I were, I, I I've told this story a million times. I'm still not tired of talk, saying it. <laughs> but, but anyway, we, we had, uh, we had uh, 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 3 million candle power spotlights, rechargeable spotlights. And, and, and uh, mine, uh, mine was going dead, but Linda's was still okay. And we heard these sounds. The, the Bradshaw Ranch has a dry creek that goes around it. And uh, we, we heard... Uh, Strange sounds. I mean, Linda and I are both, you know, we, we've been in the desert a long time. And <clears throat> so I'm, I'm saying, well, Linda, you, what does it sound like to you? It was like a mountain lion, a, 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 a javelina, which is a pig, and, uh, and uh, you know, you know, a bear. And she's, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's something, it's different. So anyway, this thing was coming towards us and it was walking in the dry creek. Uh, and, uh, so it got closer and closer and closer. The, the Bradshaws had uh, seven dogs. A, a, a dog would wander mm -hmm. onto the Bradshaw Ranch and they'd keep it. You know, they were, they were handy guards, you know. Sure. So the, 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 the ocean has come and gone seven times from Sedona. Uh, and, and so there's beach, there's beach sand everywhere around here. Uh, and so the dogs in the summer would dig into the, the sand to keep cool. In the winter, they dig into the like the sand to uh, to keep warm. So anyway, Linda and I, uh, Linda and I heard this thing. It was made enough noise so we could follow it, and and then it roared like an African lion. Huh. Uh, so we knew this thing was big. I mean, it was whatever it was, was big. So the dogs instantly, all seven dogs, dogs jumped up exactly simultaneously and, and took off. As fast as they could run, so I said, Linda, we're gonna, we're gonna, now we're gonna hear dogs ripped to shreds. <clears throat> so we waited, we waited, and uh, nothing, not a sound, not, not any, any sound. So, so, so about 15 minutes later, all the dogs came trotting back. So they knew this thing, they knew what it was. It didn't attack wow. them, and, and they didn't attack it. So it went, it went. Uh, the Bradshaws had a, a, a corral on the south end of the ranch and a corral on the north end of the ranch. And uh, there were uh, uh, about, uh, about eight horses total. And, and there were two horses in the southern <coughs> corral. And uh, so this thing 
came down the, the, the dry creek and he got near the horses. And the horses, I, I've, I've asked horse people, have you ever heard a horse scream like a, a woman being murdered? They said, no, no, I never have, you know, horse people. So, well, all the horses, the Bradshaw were screaming, like it sounded like a woman being killed. That's what it sounded like. So the, 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 the horses uh, uh, on the, the South Corral, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the corral they were in was uh, two by two inch by 10 boards. And the horses were trying to kick their way out. They were making a lot of noise trying to kick the boards off. And the, so that thing, that thing walked right by them. And didn't bother the horses at all. Just walked by them. So Linda and I, the next day, her spotlight. Uh, we we went we we walked as far as we dared to down the field into a big clump of trees. We thought it was in a clump of trees, but it wasn't. It was on a hill looking down at us, and its head just just stuck up of the. But we didn't know it. So the next day, we uh, we uh, went up on the hill. And uh, the tracks, my, my stride is 27 inches, and that creature's stride was 72 inches. So it was 10 to 12 feet tall. Two, Sounds two like feet. a big foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something else. And uh, so we, we staked out the tracks, and it was pretty doggone interesting. But Linda uh, moved to Thompson's Falls, Montana. She died about three years ago. Uh, so she took a lot of photographs with her that I don't have. Wow. But you know the, the night the night that Linda I, I didn't know it I was camping by myself and I heard a voice in my head that said uh, don't worry about me I'm all right and I found out next day Linda died that day. Oh, so wow, it's psychic ability at work. Yeah, yeah. Be close to somebody that can happen. Yeah. Well, we do have to take a quick station ID break. So if you just yeah. hold on a second, I want to let everyone know that you are watching the Light Gate. This is episode 42. I'm your host, Preston Dent. My lovely co-host is Dolly Safran. Our guest tonight is Tom Dongo. He's, we've been talking about all different kinds of things, such as, let's see, human-looking E.T., the tree that got <laughs> crushed by a UFO, apparently, some dogman stories, some Bigfoot stories, psychic abilities. We've got a lot more to cover. But I do want to let you know that we are streaming live on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM in the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana. Also the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3. We are also streaming on Roku. So you can check us out there on YouTube and Facebook. We're very grateful to all the people who support our show. So thank you. For those of you who have given us the super chats, we truly, truly appreciate that. And that's basically it. But I do want to pop up some of Tom's books just so you guys know how much research he has done and is doing. Here's Merging Dimensions, the incredible saga of the Bradshaw Ranch. We've been talking quite a bit about that. Here is Mysterious Sedona. The year 2000 edition, The Mysteries of Sedona. Sedona is a neat place, you guys. If you ever get a chance yeah. to visit it, it's one of the most beautiful places. It's Arizona's biggest hotspot by far and definitely one of the top UFO hotspots in the United States, if not the world. What else do we have here? Everything you wanted to know about Sedona in a nutshell. 
And here is another one, Mysteries of Sedona, book three. Beautiful, beautiful place. Unseen, unseen beings, unseen worlds, a look at the realms of the great unknown and proven methods to view and co contact them. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. This is the book I have, The Alien Tide, filled with all kinds of really interesting UFO accounts and paranormal stuff as well. Here's another edition, all kinds of books. So definitely, if you get a chance, check them out. They're amazing. You, you keep busy, don't you, Tom? <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, now that I'm, you know, I'm slowed down a lot. You know, when, when I was when I was younger, uh, you know, I, I, I said many, many times, I used to hunt them on their turf. I did. I'd go after him, and uh, so so I've never been hurt. Or Linda Bradshaw. All the stuff that happened on the Bradshaw Ranch, we never got hurt in any way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pushing. I'm pushing 80 years old now, so <laughs> I, you know. Uh, so anyway, no, I I went. I I uh, I did things that you know people thought I, I was insane. I'll t I'll tell you. You want to? You got a few minutes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got one more hour. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we get we've got uh, fifty minutes. Uh, so yeah, I, I I just put this on the internet, and this is a true story. I don't make these stories up, but I've I've helped I've held poltergeists in my hand. One time when I was back in in Maine, I had uh, I have strange psychic abilities. I, I really do. I got I can see into a human body like a like X ray machine. Uh, I, I can I can just start at somebody's head, and, and I don't do this for money. I do it for I've done it for hundreds of friends, but not. I found that if I try to do this for money, it doesn't work. So I just give it away. But I I can, I can start from the top of somebody's somebody's head and go right down through their body and see everything that's wrong in their body. Uh, and I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times, even on medical doctors. They, you know, they, okay, bud, check me out, see what you you know. Have at it. Let me see what, see what you can do. You know, and I have. I got. I got a medical doctor. He was a, a, a head of a big clinic in New York. He was very overweight, and uh, he he was. Uh, he says, "All right." He he was challenged me. He says, oh, check. We, "We were at a big healing thing." You know that. Uh, uh, I wasn't the, the host, but I I was there, and uh, so he said, "All right, check me out." So I, I did. I, I went down through his body. And he was sitting down. That's, I have to have some, usually have to have somebody standing up in front of me. And then I can, I can I can see. And it takes me more than a few minutes. It takes me an hour to go to a really good job. So so I did. I, I went down through his body, and I I, I, I told him what I saw, what and what was uh, what wrong. He said, "Well, you got 90 percent of it exactly right, but you missed one big thing." And I said, "Yeah, what's that?" He's my back. He had a bad back. And I said, oh, really? Well, stand up and turn around. So I, I went, <laughs> I'll never forget this as long as I live. So I, I said, oh, yeah, right here. He goes, ah. <laughs> so, so, so I couldn't, he, he was so fat, I couldn't see through him. But when he turned around, I, I could see it. And I told him exactly what was wrong with his, his back. He had some discs out of it, and he had a lot of nerve damage and uh and uh, so inflammation. Inflammation is bad in a human body. When I, when I see red in somebody's body, right. they're in trouble. Uh, black, black, I know, and they gray. Call it, I know they call it medical, medical intuitives now. 
Um, in my day, we, it's a form of psychometry. And it's a higher evolved uh, psychic talent, just so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as a registered nurse, uh, triage was my bag. And yeah. uh, I'm very good at that. And, uh, but I can assess you in seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah. Skill that unless you're taught that skill, and I yeah. was taught, um, it, if you come and buy it naturally, that's a gifted psychic ability you got. Yeah, yeah. And you're tuned into uh, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is something yeah. you've been experiencing your whole life, though, Tom? Well, yeah. Well, I never really... Nothing, nothing sparked in for the last 20 years. So then I, but I, I have been born, I, I was born with a phenomenal remote viewing ability and I proved it many times. Yeah, uh, that's, that's actually, that just means your consciousness is active, active. In other words, do you sleep, do you dream at night? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I've, I've had insomnia for 25 years. I, yeah, I, I, I get a few hours. awake and you don't realize that you're not an insomniac. Your consciousness <laughs> is wide awake. That's a, that, that, yeah. that's psychic ability right there. Cause you're, yeah. you're working straight out of your own consciousness. Yeah. And, uh, Cause that's so what tell me that They're like, yeah, I have insomnia. I'm like, yeah, well, that's one of the things I ask if you're a yeah. contactee. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, only, I only slept two hours a day. That's it. And <laughs> if then, you? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. My whole life. Huh. Um, I'm wow. sleeping more now because, well, I don't really sleep. I just lay in bed all night. Okay. I think all night yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because I'm trying to keep it quiet for, you know, yeah. somebody else in the house. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but I just lay there all night long. Huh. And, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Remote view or I go out of body. You know, it, it, either one works for me. Out of body is the same as remote viewing. You're just throwing your consciousness back. Yeah. Head. You're not walking into it, although I don't know. It seems the same to me sometimes. Yeah, know? agreed, agreed. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've, 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 uh, you, as like I said, you guys are my 89th show in the last six years or so, and I've, 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 I've te- I used to teach remote viewing with uh, Maureen Saint Germain. She's one of the world's mm-hmm. best-selling authors. Oh, wow. And uh, we, uh, we, we. Uh, I'm getting too old now. I'm just getting, and Maureen is off. She's in China most of the time, so oh, wow. teaching Chinese and whatnot. So, so anyway, I, uh, I I've tried. I've had millions of people on a, on a on a show, and I've tried to teach them remote viewing, and so far I I my see you uh, and I, I had very very little success, but Maureen would teach the uh, the military version, uh, you know coordinates. And I, I would teach what she called the Tom Dongo method. And it worked pretty doggone good. We, 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 uh, we created some pretty fantastic remote viewers. A couple of them even blow me away. Yeah. You know, one of them, and one of us said that the Titanic didn't sink. It's in harbor in, in England with a different name on it. And it is. That wasn't the Titanic that sunk. It was the, uh, it was her sister ship. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 The t- Titanic is, is in port in somewhere in England. So and he, he said, no, it didn't sink. And I said, how did you, you know, he, he was, he was, he was a guy from, from, uh, uh, some, some, uh, South Indian country. And uh, I said, you know that you, 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 that you, that's, that's, you know, they rebuilt the Titanic, right. And it's important England. Yeah. They actually rebuilt the thing. Yeah. And it's like, they're getting ready to open it up and do tours on it and take people out for rides. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they made the water type compartments water yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sink proof 
but, any, but anyway, remote viewing, you know, I, I, I wish I could teach. I've tried to give it away free. I mean, I, uh, I wish everybody on earth could do remote viewing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You should be able to. Everybody yeah. should use their psychic abilities. You're yes, born yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I did some good experiments with it, and it worked for me, but it's it's hard to do because I, I, when I do it, I feel like I'm guessing until I get a clear image, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I see what I'm looking at. That, that's just the beginning of it. Sometimes with remote viewing, first you'll see colors, then you'll see yeah. what looks like an outline, and you're like focusing in on it. And once your attention gets drawn into a specific part of what you're looking at, then it starts to fill itself into you. It's like, yeah. like being in a telescope and fine tuning the picture so that you can see yeah. it from a long range. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and once you got it, you got it. You know, yeah. it, sometimes it takes a few minutes to get that total. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, here's a, a question from, or a request from Neural Channels. It says, can't wait for you, Tom, to talk about oh, yeah. your remote viewing experience when you visited yeah. the ET ship. Yes, I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Joe, Joe McMonagall was just on it tonight. Joe McMonagall, I, I didn't know he was still alive. He's, he's wow. about my age. Wow. But Joe McMonagall was the, uh, I was standing right next to him. This is about 20 years ago now. And, uh, you know, this this times I thought I was going insane. I, I can't be doing this stuff. I mean, you know, it's, I've got to be nuts. I mean, there's just no way this is for real. And uh, and uh, so Joe, Joe McMonagall, he was right beside me, shoulder to shoulder. And he, he was talking about, and I'd been doing this. And, and, I, and, I, and when he's talking, I said, I'm, not, I'm really not crazy. But they, they said him and uh, the, the government UFO, I mean, uh, uh, viewers were, were, were going on alien craft and, and it's easy. I taught a whole class to do it uh, when I was doing my, one of my speaking gigs. And uh, so they, uh, and the, the shock, some of them did it and you could tell the shock expression on their face. They did it. <laughs> yeah. And I, so Joe, Joe, I, I, uh, <laughs> I love to tell this story because I, 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 what a sucker he was. I mean, he, you know, he, he said, well, I went to this ship and you, you go out into space. If you get close to an alien craft, there's lots of them out there. They're either in orbit around the earth or on a trade route. And uh, so, so Joe, uh, you, you come up, you, you, you go out into space and you find an alien ship, but you, you go up to it slow. If it feels friendly, keep going. And if it doesn't, get away fast because they, they don't mess around with you. So if you keep going closer, so you're right up to the hull of the ship and it still feels good, go in. Just go right through the, you can float right through the wall. I've done it many times. I don't do it anymore because I'm just not interested in it. But Joe did, Joe McMonagall did that. And, he, and they they grabbed him and, and put him in a cage, like a glass cage, and wouldn't let him go. Oh, they warned they warned him. He says, we, we warned you not to come any closer to this ship. <clears throat> I think two or three times they warned him. And uh, so... They put him in a cage he couldn't get out of. So his, his psyche is up there in space somewhere, and his body's down here. It's really got scared. And uh, he, he was in Vietnam. I guess he, I think he did two tours in Vietnam. He got shot up bad in Vietnam. Uh, his back is wired by, with a computer so he can stand up. Uh, so any, anyway, they finally let him go. And, and I, I'm thinking, you dummy, Joe. I would never. When they when they warn you, get away. You, you don't mess with them. 
you don't keep going because they, they can really they can really do some damage. So any anyway, you know, it's not hard. It really isn't. Just use your I tell people you use your imagination. It's not your imagination. Do it. Okay, so how, what did you see when you did it? Well <laughs> you know, there there are I you know, you to to see I've tried to to uh like a camera f- focusing in on, on on like gauges and it's it's it's, it's I uh, maybe some can do it but I I I I can't but but I have found out that when I was getting into remote viewing you could not go to a, a safe in Moscow and look in the safe and find a document and read it now they can do it anywhere any remote viewer the Russians can do it you can go into a safe somewhere ten thousand miles away go down to the stack and find the document you want and read it. The Russians can do it. We can do it. The Americans can do it. You know, probably British, you know, you name it. So, so now they can do that. But I, I tried. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I can't do it. But anyway, I would, the ships always have a light source that there's no, it's, you can't tell where it's coming from. It's just lit up. It's a night, it's a soft light. And there's no sharp corners in a ship. There's nothing, nothing you can get bump into and get hurt on these alien crafts and, and everything's smooth everything's smooth but they do control the ship most of them do control the ship with their minds they'll sit in a chair and put a headset like this on and they that's what that's what controls the ship i mean they're not there with you know you know tractor deals in their hand <laughs> right so, so anyway that's that's my and it's not hard to do it's not hard to do but i, I don't do it anymore i've done it for a long time i just I'm just not uh So not that's what you saw up there. You saw the rounded walls and the yeah, direct lighting yeah. and all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, yeah. It was it, well. It's like it's like it's uh it's like a uh, opaque. But it's, it's almost never clear. I have been in places where I projected to, and it was clear, crystal clear. But most of the time, it's it's opaque. Uh, I'll oh. tell you, I'll tell you another story about. The guy that the, uh, a friend of mine is a psychologist. He lived in Durango, Colorado. So he tested me for six months to see how good I was at remote viewing. And uh, he, he would, uh, we're still good friends, uh, Tom O'Donnell, Dr. Tom O'Donnell. <clears throat> but he, he would he would set up uh, uh, stuff for me to look look at, you know. And uh, so I, I would, you know, I'd, I'd go there. And I, fi- I found that anything that was in the sun, I could see it clearly. But anything that was in the shadow, uh, in, you know, in the shade, I couldn't see it. Not well, anyways. That's interesting. But, yeah. But one time one time I went there and I, we, we, we would meet, just him, him and me would meet at like 7 o'clock or 7.30, arranged time. And I'd call him up and say, well, Tom, I'm here. I'm, I'm over to your left. And, and uh, so one night I, I, uh, I, I, would, I would appear... In his driveway, next to his second-story office window, and I'd go through his office window, and and he had curved s- s- stairs, and I, I would go down the stairs. And one time, I'll never forget this. Uh, I, I was about halfway down the stairs, and I suddenly got terrified. I mean, just a, just you know, incredibly terrified. So I, I stopped, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So after a while, it kind of dissipated. So I continued on back. Down the stairs, and I, I, I sat on I sat on the stairs, and I watched Tom. He was in the kitchen, and he had a red a red and white lumber like a lumberjack shirt on, and cowboy boots, and blue jeans, and a, you know a cowboy belt. 
and you can smell things with remote viewing. You, you can be 10,000 miles, you know, not thousands of miles. Yeah, and you can smell it. Uh, uh, so, so I was sitting there, and it smelled like he was, he was uh, cooking chili. It had a real spicy smell to it. So I, I, I called him up, and I said, uh, well, Tom, I've been here for half an hour watching you, and I told him what he was dressed, what he had dressed on. I mean, he got he was used to this. I did it so often. He, so I said, uh, so we, we went into the living room. We were going to do the, the test that he had set up for me. And this is a psychologist, PhD psychologist. So I'm not crazy. I'm really not. He proved it. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, I, I said, Tom, I, I stopped him and I said, uh, is there somebody else in the room? He, he sheepishly said, well, yeah, there is. It's my next door neighbor's sitting on the couch. I looked at the couch and there was nobody on that couch. It really scared the hell out of me. I, I said, Tom, I'm looking at the couch, and there's nobody on the couch. So I'm saying, it, it was, was it somebody without a soul? You know, because these, these stories about people have a body but no soul. Hmm. I couldn't see him. He was sitting there. So we, we, uh, we, 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 did, a, we did a simple test, and then uh, some, I, I left. And, and uh, I used to... Uh, Sometimes I wouldn't tell him I was going to be there. And I said, Tom, I'll never look in the bathroom. I'll, I'll just go right by the bathroom. You, I will never look in the bathroom, you know, and I wouldn't. So uh, <laughs> one time, and, and Tom had a beautiful place in, in, in Durango up on a mesa facing the San Juan Mountains. It's just a beautiful spot. <clears throat> so I went looking for Tom and his dog, uh, Binky, one of the little, little hairy dogs. I don't know what they call but anyway, the dog was was following me, and I got right down, looked looked him right in the eyes, you know, about this far away, and I said, "Well, well, you little, you know, <laughs> you can actually see me, can't you?" And he's going, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I said, "You can actually, you can see me," and the, the dog could. So wow. so I went. Tom was in his in his garden. He he was a gardener. He loved gardening. So I I uh, I I, call, I guess I called him. I don't know. And I said, "Well, I'm here." So. But I, I thought that was really interesting about the dog. It must have been like looking at a ghost. I must, <laughs> must have been a ghost. Yeah, I have a question because this is important while you're talking about this and yeah. remote viewing orbs. Um, what type of orbs have you seen and experienced? Well, you know, I, I did tours. I had a tour company for 23 years, and <clears throat> my my. UFO tours are so popular. I, I did two or three a week. And I got really, really burned out on doing UFO tours, really burned out. So then I quit. I, I retired after 23 years. I haven't done, <clears throat> I haven't done a tour in years. But uh, or some of them are living, they're alive. Some aren't. Uh, but they, uh, somebody wrote a book about them, some, some, like some PhD guy. And he said they have the intelligence of about that that of a dog. And I would agree, because when Linda Bradshaw and I were on the Bradshaw Ranch, we had these 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 lights at the at, at the end of the ranch, and we we thought they were planes landing at the Cottonwood Airport. It looked just like planes coming in with the lights on. And I said, after years of watching these things, you know, I said, Linda, I don't think those are planes. So we tried. We take. We had these three, three, three million dollar, uh, three million candle power spotlights. So we we started uh, playing Morse code games with these things, and they they flash back. You know, two, 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 three, 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 
and they would flash back. I said, yeah, those aren't planes. So, so this went on for a long time. They, they liked Linda, but they didn't like me. They'd come close to Linda, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't come close to me. They fought, they came, they were way away, but they kept getting closer and closer and closer. <clears throat> and when I wasn't there, they would actually land near Linda. She had a, we finally had a camera that would film at night. So what we used to do this a lot, we put the camera behind us and take a flash picture and try to catch things off guard. And we did. So Linda, one night, she was just walking back to the ranch and she put her the, the camcorder behind her and turned it on. There was an orb right behind her following her. And she was walking through some pine trees and you could see it on the film going back and forth right behind her. So, yeah, they, they liked her, but they didn't like me for some reason. I don't know. Have right. you any uh, um, opinions about um, whether they are like my experience with orbs is I have a, a bunch of different explanations for them because they're different things. They can be different things. I think so. One of the things <clears throat> that I learned is that ET can spy you by remote viewing you and uh, from a craft. They'll come down and they'll look at a situation in an area consciously in remote view and they look just like orbs when they do it. <laughs> I mean, no kidding, orbs. And they can be either white or blue or sometimes even like a like a golden color, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, those are a type of orbs. It, it, they're intelligent because it's the it, it's the consciousness of the entity itself. Then there's orbs that are um, AI induced. Um, this is my I have direct experience with this because uh, <coughs> AI can spy you as well. They're psychic. It's yeah. a psychic phenomenon. You mean AI like human AI? Uh, no. Or ET. ETAI. Oh, all right. And, uh, they can they can orb they become an orb and they can come down and look at things and they do that. Um, you might think they're dogs because they're limited in their ability to communicate with you. Okay, ETs will small chat. You know, like the little grays will small chat with you, but you're not going to get any big answers from them at all. They're very limited in what they will tell you or talk to you. And well, you know, I, I've never heard that theory before, but I, I, I agree with you. That's, that's excellent. Oh, I've never heard that before, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're and then, and then right. there's another orb that is literally uh, a person who has passed away and not left this plane. Yeah. Yeah. And they show up as orbs and uh, they're they're everywhere. You know, and they can follow you around. They they like people. They'll attach to you and stay with you some for lifetimes. You know, they're just always around. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me how many of them are on this planet. Like, or it can be a living person like you when you re remote view. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm capable of remote <laughs> view, serious remote viewing. And um, I had a CE5 group in Georgia, and uh, uh, I did. I couldn't always go to the meetings because I was actually in Florida living. And when I did, I'd tell them, "Look, I'm just going to come in and remote view and watch." And one of the guys there decided to really check out whether I was for real or not. And they had cameras set up waiting for me. Yeah. They also had yeah, right. situations to me to prove that I was there. Yeah. And they would do strange things. And um, he, 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 I mean, I started freaking them all out because I'm really there. I can really see what's going on. And they all, everybody started writing me text messages. Do you know you're a blue orb? And then they got <laughs> me on film. And it, I could not believe I was a blue orb. That freaked me out. I did not know. And that's when my AT contacts were saying, yes, you are blue. You are well, remote viewing just goes to show yeah. that privacy isn't a sense an illusion and we are all connected. Mm -hmm. right. right. 
Right. But right. we have that- morals, okay? And we don't we don't spy on people. We don't invade yeah. their private thoughts or not. minds. Yeah. <laughs> that's a no no. That's well, a the, moral- the reason yeah, the reason I'm try I try to push remote viewing is because there would be no secrets. A Correct. good remote viewer can read somebody's mind. So if That's everybody right. could read each other's mind, there'd be no hidden agendas yeah. anymore, no right. secrets, no, well, no greed, no corruption, all lies. lies. Yeah. Yeah. is wide open psychic with one another. They hear everything everybody thinks. Yes. And they have a very uh, very developed uh, uh, quorum of behavior. Yeah. Okay? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, so they're very specific. And I was raised a lot in that. So I understand mm-hmm. the rules. Okay. And you just don't, you don't, people who aren't used to it, you don't go there. It's not right because they're no. not used to being 100% no. open. So what, what is your theory, Tom, behind how remote viewing works? Is it like an out of body experience? And do you experience that uh, as well, astral projection? Well, you know, it, it, uh, I think it's an ability we all had long ago. We just forgot it. Um, but, oh, I, you know, I didn't finish, I didn't finish the story. So, you, you know, when I do a, a talk at a big audiences, and, and I've, I've had wall-to-wall audiences, I said, I, my mind wanders a lot. So if I drift off into another subject, <laughs> some, somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody. Somebody's hey, dragging you away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, hey, you were talking about remote viewing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, but yeah, I, get, I need to finish that story about the poltergeist. But go ahead, sweetie. I, I want to hear the poltergeist. That's <laughs> killing me. You said you you got a hold of one. I want to know all about that. Yeah. It. Uh, so I was I was in Maine and uh, and uh, we, it was a hot you know a hot humid night in in uh, uh, Portland, Maine. <clears throat> and I was with my sister in law and a friend of hers, Connie, that was very psychic, naturally psychic. So I'm we're, we're sitting there talking and I feel these these ice cold things drifting around my leg you know like like dry ice so i grabbed i grabbed one and uh i'm holding this thing i mean it's like holding dry ice and you know i I mentioned i talked about this on the internet the other day i said you know the funny thing is that i didn't i didn't get uh frozen my hand didn't freeze but i had this dry ice in my hand so i so i walked over by the fireplace and sat down and 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 the, the the poltergeist you know went slid out of my hand and it went in front of me and then started coming back at me. I didn't like that at all. So I put my hands up <laughs> like that. And it went right through my hands, wrapped around my face, my head. And, and Connie, something, Connie was got really panicky. She says, oh, my God, Tom, your face just disappeared. So that was enough for me. I got up and went back and sat on the couch. <clears throat> that was the end uh, of that. Did you so, hear anything, what it was saying? Did it communicate with you at all when it did that? Uh no, that's a good question. Though. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Uh, so anyway, in, in, so about five years later, I was in Santa Cruz, California, teaching a, a class on channeling. Okay. I, I used to be a professional channel, wow. so I was teaching channeling. I had about thirty people, <clears throat> thirty people in the class, and uh, so I, I had I, I felt uh, you know this ice cold thing coming by my head, so I grabbed it. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm holding this thing, and I said, "Everybody, you got to experience this." So I said, "Everybody, line up and one by one, hold what's in my hand." So they did, every single person. And then, and then the last, the, a woman, the last one, she did that, and and uh, it, it just slid out of my hands and, and disappeared. But every single person in that room Apparently, put their hands around it. Lit you. Yeah, it ice lit cold. You. Yeah, it yeah. let you do that. Wow. Yeah, it let. Yeah, exactly. It let me do it. Uh, you know, so it was. It meant so. It it wasn't to harm me. It wasn't, no, it wasn't, no, it gave you a learning experience. Yes, everybody yes, else. That's yes, very cool. Yes, 
Yeah, well, here, here's a comment I want to jump up on before it gets too late from Susan <laughs> Gordon, who says, yeah. hi, Tom. <laughs> Finally yeah. caught one of your live broadcasts. So many great stories and wonderful memories from our hikes in Sedona yeah. with you, Peter, and Blair. Yeah. What is she talking about? Can you tell us, can you share a story? <laughs> uh, yes. If you can, I mean, or we can just move on. Oh, we, we were, Susan, Susan and I used to be uh, we're wonderful friends still. And uh, we, we did a lot of hiking with Peter Gersten. You ever heard of Peter Gersten's name? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he 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 was with us. I mean, she. Uh, so any, anyway, Peter, <laughs> Peter, he was the famous, and by the way, hi, Susan. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but anyway, Peter Gerston was he was he was called a UFO lawyer because he sued the government. <laughs> he sued the government under the Freedom of Information Act to release what they knew about UFOs. So they they they, they just blacked out everything they sent. It was all blacked out. Yep, citizens Maybe against one, UFO secrecy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so Peter, uh, he would. Uh, I, I, uh, I can't remember how this goes, but he 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 he, he believed in uh, aliens, but he didn't believe in UFOs. Yeah, I Susan. <laughs> I Susan. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> Peter was a, a real work of art. I mean, he really was. He, we we had a we went on this thing in Indian Wells on the Navajo Reservation, right right in the middle. It, 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 the stuff was so weird that they called the Navajo police and they wouldn't come out. But they, they had stuff flying around them, and you and alien and aliens. There are three types of aliens there. One, those short black ones, about two, two and a half feet tall. They had black, jet black skin. Wow. And they, the first time they saw them, they, they were all clustered around a car looking at the, the taillight. You know, they were all look, wondering if it's a, you know, some kind of a beam gun or something like that. So, and then the other one was, uh, I call them Ichabod cranes. They 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 had <clears throat> they they would never show their face to a, a Indian. They had hoods on and they could talk. They talked perfect English, and and these Indians lived in a place where nobody would be out strolling around at night with a dog or something. I mean, they're just in the boonies. And then the other kind was the the, the girl that was telling me this story. I was interviewing her, and her she had two kids. And the kids, uh, one of the kids grabbed the tablecloth and, and pulled it off and all the dishes went on the on the floor and smashed the dishes. So that was the end of that interview. But she was just getting ready to tell me. Uh, um, see, the Indi Indians, Indians are different than us. I mean, they, they, us white folks, they, they are. They, they're just different human beings. So, you know, the kids take off. You know, they, they know about rattlesnakes and cactus and all that stuff. The kids, the kids just take off at young ages, you know, and they're gone all day in the, up in the desert, you know, boonies, and and uh, they they know how to, to deal with it. Uh, and, and the parents, uh, I, I talked to one guy, he says, yeah, we were 10, 11, 12 years old, and they used to leave us way off and harvest pine nuts. So they'd come back and get us in, in, a, in a week or whatever, you know, you know, little kids. So anyway, she said that we, they would, they would, commonly run into extraterrestrials and uh <clears throat> so they would just avoid each other they weren't friendly and they weren't unfriendly but she she took uh there was a group of aliens pick they were they were pulling grass and picking things off shrubs and whatnot and, you know so one wow. they got she got too close to them and they, she they were about our height and they had gray skin and, and big round eyes uh, it, but she said they 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 weren't they weren't they weren't too friendly, 
And she said the last thing she remembers is one was carrying something like a cane and it, and it lift, it brought the cane up and pointed it out and she passed out. And that's when, that's when the kids pulled the tablecloth off the, the table. And that was the end of the interview. I never did get, get asked her to finish the, that story, but, but they had stuff going on. Uh, the Indians, you know, the in, Indians don't have, they don't have cell phones. They, they don't have the stuff we have. And th those people were dirt, dirt poor. In, in fact, I mean, they're just, you know, wonderful, normal people. I, I, they're, you know, I, I love, I love the Indians that they're, they're just natural down to earth human beings. So, uh, they, uh, they, uh, uh so I, I asked them one thing, I mean, they had constant UFO activity, alien activity in that valley. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I said, so I said, you know, the, 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 the guy, he said, yeah, the, the other night, an, an ax that I had on a chopping block got up and spinning and went way, way up in the air and then dropped back down. And I said, have you ever heard walking footsteps on your roof? Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers do that for some reason. Very yeah, really. a, yeah, a skinwalker will walk on, on a roof. So if you hear footsteps on the roof, <laughs> it's probably a skinwalker, especially <laughs> on, on a, you know, the reservation. So, you know, and the funny thing is, while, while we were all out in front of their, 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 their little house, there were about 10 people living in that tiny little three-room place. With nothing, I, I peeked. I finally peeked in the window, and they they had nothing. Uh, it's like they went to a thrift store and put ten dollars, got everything they needed, you know. But this horse, and I, I they see the, the mustangs. The horses, the wild mustangs, just roam free. Indians don't bother them. So this this horse walked between us, and I swear that thing was, it was a prehist, prehistoric. That the hair the hair the hair on it must have been ten inches long. I mean, it looked like a shaggy dog, but it was a horse. Uh -huh. And it just it just casually walked between us, you know. <laughs> wow, you know, that's pretty, pretty awesome. And, and <laughs> it had long, shaggy hair on, on that horse. Very cool. So, well, I want to pop up this photo that I showed you before the show. It's an extraordinary photo, and we're beginning to run out of time. We've got about 15 minutes left. Yeah. But this is a very interesting photo. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what we're looking at here, you know, I've got, I've got, a, I, I've been attacked and debunked so many times. I've quit three times. I couldn't take it. <clears throat> and this was, uh, uh, you know, especially the debunkers drive me nuts. They still do, you know, they, they're, they're trying to pr prove you're wrong, you know? And, uh, so I, I quit three times, totally quit. I said, I'm done with this. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. And something would happen a UFO crash or something. I can, and anyway, this was this was some guy said, "Oh, that's hoax. It's a hoax." I said, "Okay, how do you hoax it?" And he, he couldn't answer that. But it, it's that's an actual photograph. Somebody was taking a picture of this woman, and this appeared in the. Yeah, I mean, it looks you know, it looks like the tailpipes of a, of a '55 Chevy, but it's it's not hoaxed. It's 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 a real thing, whatever it is. And this this is. Uh, and brought, this, this is in uh, uh, Boynton Canyon, which is one of the strangest places on Earth, or it was anyways. And th this is a uh, uh, this is a uh, very holy rock. It looks uh, like something interdimensional. And for those who can't see, there's it shows a woman standing in the Sedona Canyon area, and above her the sky is all orange and red, and there's this large thing. <laughs> like you said, yeah. kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like a chess piece. It looks like a castle. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I, I've, you know, I've had, yeah, 
So many times people say, oh, that's a double exposure. Then I say, how is it a double exposure? Then, then they can't they can't say, answer that. The, the debunkers always think of something. And I, you know, I say, I can, whatever I have, I can prove it somehow. And I do. But the, the, the debunkers made me quit three times. Like I couldn't take the, the skeptics. Well, hey, I'm right there with you. It's, it's yeah. vicious out there, especially yeah. on social media. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, wow. the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Thing about a debunker is you can debunk all day, but without proof of your ability to do that, yeah. it's really crazy. And you'd have to have a, you'd have to have all the um, equipment, you know, like photographic analyzing, uh, frequency analyzing of the picture, what kind of film was it, what it was this, what is that. I mean, and it takes a long time to take a picture apart and and yeah. look at its different layers and. All of that, and it would take a scientist, a debunking scientist. So if somebody's just saying, "Well, I debunked it," I wouldn't <laughs> go there and wait for somebody with some real, you know, ability to do that. Talk about it, you know. Well, you, you know, the, the Billy Meyer. The people say, "Oh, he hoaxed all that." I, I had, I had a, 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 a friend of mine. I won't say his name, but he went there to debunk Meyer. He said, "I'm going to prove he's a fraud," and this guy was brutal. He he would have been a great. Uh, 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 SS colonel in the, in the, you yeah. know, the Nazi, he would have been perfect, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, Gestapo colonel, he would have been perfect. So he says, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go there and, and, uh, uh, and uh, prove that Meyer's a fraud. So his name is Michael, I, a lot of people know Michael, but so I said, Yeah, okay, Michael. So, so how'd it go with, with Meyer? Did you, uh, you know, how'd you go? He said, The man is telling the truth, that's it. And he walked away. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a controversial case, but I certainly yeah. looked into it. And with landing traces, I mean, the yeah. thing, he's got so many witnesses surrounding yeah. him. We've seen stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you can't explain all of that. No. So no. I want to pop up a few more questions before yeah. we completely run out of time. And I would love to hear about, you said you had some face-to-face -face encounters with yeah. looking ETs, but mm -hmm. hopefully we'll have time for that. But just yeah. real quick. Does Tom still live in the Sedona area? Basically, right? That's true, Cottonwood, you said? Yeah, I'm in Cottonwood now. It's 15, uh, eight, 19 miles from Sedona south. All right. And oh, by the way, my website is that it's a, I haven't touched it in over a year, so my website is basically worthless. Uh, if, if, you know, people say, well, how do you get, how do they get in touch with you? Well, I, I you know, I sometimes get a hundred emails a day, not so much now, but so I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm real reclusive. I'm real hard to get. Are you on uh, Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. If they really have something it's really important. Messenger. That's right. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm real reclusive. I, I get it. Here's oh, a God. David Paulides. Oh God. We got, we got two <laughs> hours. <laughs> Do you think UFOs and Bigfoot are related? Have you had cases yeah, like that? Yeah. Stan Gordon in Pennsylvania, big, Bigfoot, Bigfoot have seen often. Uh, around UFOs, like Stan Gordon in Pennsylvania, that was a, and even this Pennsylvania State Police got involved in that. And uh, there's there many times a Bigfoot was seen in a UFOs close by. But getting to David Politi's real quick, I remote viewed. I got to be careful what I say about this because it kind of freaks some people out. Uh, David Politi said that the the the, the uh, was the four the four. For, for, 10, for uh, 410 people. So now there's many thousands around the world. So they disappear. They're, they're in a national park. And now even in the national park now, they say, keep your kids in front of you. 
don't let them walk. Rangers will tell them that. Don't let them walk behind you. Uh, so in, anyway, I got to be careful not to freak people out. But I've I've been able to remote view some of those. Uh, when I when I when I when I watched Khalidi's video, the missing 411. You need to see that. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. The missing 411 of Khalidi's his video. And and so I I had being a, being the kind of remote viewer I am, I had the exact location where somebody disappeared, a deer hunter. So I I, uh, uh, I was on coast to coast recently, and I kind of <laughs> Connie Willis is one of my best friends now. We we just really. Uh, she was the the, the, uh, the host on uh, Coast to Coast, yeah. but we kind of got into a disagreement about. And people loved it on the we were on the air. <laughs> I said, "No, Connie, I'm going to talk about this. You know, that's I'm, I'm going to." So I did. So anyway, <laughs> and people loved it. This is one of the best shows Coast to Coast ever had. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, I, I had to, exactly where the, the deer hunter disappeared. I, I, I looked at Google. You know, I got it. So I traced him. I followed him. And I can do that because everything leaves a trail. If you think about somebody, you think about it, it leaves it leaves a trail, an energy trail. Right. So I got I got to a point where we were, I was going faster and faster and faster. Then I, I came to a screeching stop, and and uh, said some a voice said, "This is as far as you're going to go." So and it's like a, a wall. I learned how to get through those blocks. And the, uh, long story, but General Stubblebine had the best remote viewers in the world in an audience and said, they, it, this was a long time ago, but they said, none of us can get through the, the wall, the block, but I did, I can do it. So I almost raised my hand and, you know, I can do it, I can do it, but I didn't. So anyway, the, the wall, the block was right in front of me. This, this stopped me from going any further. So I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this. I knew how to get around it. And the, and the voice said, don't even try it. So I, I so so I said on coast to coast. I said, "What what if what was that? Whoever it was, what 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 was it? They didn't want me to see on the other side of that wall. What was it? It's something we don't us humans don't need to know about." So I'm I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, I'm gonna, maybe, I'll, but I, I I I didn't know what that voice could do to me, so I didn't do it. But but what was on the other side of that wall? That it did not. That whatever that was, that voice was did not want me to see under any circumstances because it was nasty. Don't even try it. So, it's, so, uh, it's another world. They're taken to yeah. another world. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, well, I'm curious. That's very interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, just one or two more questions. And then maybe we can talk about one of your own experiences, but yeah. Louise is asking when you did that remote viewing, Onto a craft? Did you see any ETs in which time? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I uh, you know, now I, I talk about anything. I've, I've talked to about sixty million people now on, on uh, talk radio, and, and uh, I, I talk about anything now. I used to be scared to death to talk about some of the experiences I've had. R really afraid of debunkers and skeptics. But yeah, oh yeah, I, I was. Uh, I came face to face with an alien, probably three million years ahead of us, and, and many of them are. And I said, do you mind if I scan your, your brain? <laughs> because I used to be very good at that. I was in a bad car accident. I lost some of my best abilities about oh, 15 wow. years ago. I was in a bad car crash. So did you, did you see grays or what type of ETs did you see? Well, there. Th this was, well, you could not really a gray, but I said, can I, can I scan your mind? I, I can do this. I, I, can, I, can, I can still do it. I can scan things. It's like radar. It's, it, it goes around it just like radar. 
or I can just shoot light beams of light you know, off and scan things. So I asked this one, I could only penetrate maybe a quarter of that, that creature's brain. He said, you know, I stood in front of me. I said, can I, he said, yeah, he kind, of, he kind of said, yeah, go ahead. So I, so I did, I, I started on their ship. I started penetrating that creature's mind and I could only maybe 5%, but I, I learned from that 5% of what their abilities are. And they don't do anything with their hands. They do it with their minds. They, they, everything they do it. They, they have the power. Their minds are so powerful. They're light they, workers. They, they work with light, and then yeah, yeah, the right. ability in your mind is all light, and they yeah, work with yeah. light. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, let me see. Do I have any more? Oh, just one more quick question from Louise. Native Americans are afraid to say the word skinwalker. Did that cause you any communication problems? Yeah, or it did. Mm -hmm. It did. <clears throat> when I when I was uh, uh, um, my, my friend, uh, on, uh, well, P her, her name was Pi, P-Y-E. And she said, you know, and she, she was so, so intelligent that she was in with the, the, the councils. It's usually just men in these, these Indian councils, but she was in on the, the council. She was one of the members, re revered member. So, so one time she said, you know, we can talk about skinwalkers and flagstaff, but don't ever bring it up here on the reservation. So we didn't, we, I, I, meet her, her in, in the Flagstaff. We talk about skinwalkers and other stuff. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Everglades and I, uh, the Miccosukee Indian uh, village was right near us. And uh, I knew, I knew them, they knew me. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I saw a, uh, a reptilian type of being out there and it, I ran, I swam, I got the heck away from it. Okay. And I tried to bring it up in, in, in their village and one of the young women came up behind me and put her hand over my mouth and she said, nope, yeah. no talk, no talk. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll keep it to myself. But they would not openly talk about anything like that at all, ever. Yeah. And uh, finally somebody said, it's like if you talk about it and you think about it, they hear you and then they come and you don't do it. Mm -hmm. That's why. All right. Well, we got still about five minutes till we have to end the show. Do you have time to explain one of your face-to-face uh, -face encounters with a human? Oh, yeah. Real, yeah. Real, real quick. I, I've been face-to-face -face with three extraterrestrials. And one, the, one, one uh, uh, I was in a supermarket of all places. And, and uh, Augie Noss on another show said, you were, somebody was invisible. Either you were invisible or they were. And I said, you know, I never thought of that. But that's probably what happened. But anyway... The girl was a was a was a, 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 a tall white, and they are very dangerous to us. And she was about my height. I'm six foot two, and and she had a wraparound sunglasses on and, and snow white skin, and she wore everything black. Huh. And and uh, but she was with a guy that had like a dog, a blue eye and a green eye, and he was he was about six foot six tall. And I wow. so they they were going around the, the supermarket with a they didn't buy anything, but you could see they they would take things off the shelf. And, and uh, you know, and they, they, they say humans actually eat this, you know, and they put it back. You can, you can <laughs> see what you, you can see what. They, so and then the other time I was hiking in uh, 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 boonies in the boonies and around here, women always have a dog with them. But this this woman came walking out of the bushes and the, and the mud was six inches thick. It had been raining. And, and uh, so she had red on uh, a white wool sweater and red pants. And she just walked out of, out of the woods, middle of nowhere. So and I was trying to find a trail. But anyway, to make a long short story short, 
uh, she talked to my friend, girl, my girlfriend at the time, and then she came over to me, and she was she she looked about twenty seven, and uh, just an average looking, and uh, but and she she talked. I mean, literally, my face was this close to her. She she whispered, and so I, I had to get my ear right down to her, and I said, "Hey, do you know where the tr the trail is going down the ruins?" And she pointed. She's you know like right here, dummy. So I, I looked and I said, "Yeah, sure enough, that's that's the trail." So so. Got down there and the, the water was roaring because it, the snow had been melting and all that. And and, and she was wearing street shoes. And I, we had hiking boats with big clogs on us. So we got down there and it was very steep. So I'm talking to my girlfriend and I turned around and here's the girl right here. So I'm looking, how in, you know did she get down here? I mean, the, the trail was steep, steep, steep. And, and she, was, she wasn't out of breath or anything, a dirty, no mud on her. So, so I, I, I looked at her and, and I, so we, I said, uh, she, oh, she asked me something about the, the petroglyphs behind me. So I, I uh, so we talked and I had to get, she just almost whispered. So then my girlfriend got my attention down by and the, the water was roaring just for a few, for maybe 10 seconds. I turned back and the girl was gone. <laughs> she was nowhere in sight. I could see hundred yards in all directions. And she was so I, I think a ghost can't do that. <laughs> She's yeah. deliberately directing you. You realize yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wanted you to pay attention to something. She yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. guys, here, here are Tom's book, Merging Dimensions, Mysterious Sedona. Check them out. The Mysteries of Sedona. Everything you wanted to know about Sedona. Mysteries of Sedona, The Quest, book three. These are awesome books. I see some of you have already read a couple of these. But definitely check them out. I have this one. It's awesome. This is another cover of the same book. Very, very cool. But yeah, we're going to have to say goodbye, unfortunately. I do want to give a shout out to all the people who donated Super Chats. Namaste. Thank you so much. Terry and Allison Carr, you guys, this makes a huge difference. Raul Melendez, thank you so much. And Louise, thank you, thank you, you guys. You are so, so generous. Star Orchid, thank you so much. You guys are just the best. Doxy, I can't thank you enough. Victoria Williams, you guys are just the greatest. So thank you, thank you so much for the super chats. And thank you, uh, Tom, for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, my my pleasure. My really, pleasure. really cool. Yeah, we're going to have to ask you back again. Okay. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming and joining us on the light gate tonight. Uh, we appreciate everything you do and we love you all very much. We are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana at United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay warm, stay dry, be happy. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye.